What do you do when mistakes take you on a different path forever? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Later in the show, you'll hear from Desi Escamilla, who accidentally shot her boyfriend, and it altered her life severely. Mm, that's a really hard thing to even think about, you know, when an accident can happen and change your life that way. But there are times in our lives where we do things accidentally, where we can mess up a friendship or relationship by the things we say or do, even when we don't mean it in the way that it comes out. Yeah, well, I mean, we all make mistakes, but there comes times in our lives where we begin to look back at our mistakes and we start seeing, oh, that mistake right there, that changed my life. It put me on a whole different path. I wish it was different. I wish I had done something different and I see it now. It doesn't usually happen right away, but it can happen over time. You know, we all try not to make mistakes, but mistakes happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they can at times be completely life altering. But what do you do? You know, when you come to a point where I think a lot of people, they'll look back and they'll really regret that mistake and they really don't know how to move forward. You know, what I've learned after I came to know the Lord is that I constantly looked back in regret, wishing I didn't do this or that. But I realized that I learned a lot through my mistakes. And though they were big, some were small, we can take from it, we can glean from it, and we can learn and we can go forward. Because if we're holding on to those in regret and fear and worry and wishing, then we can never go forward. And the Lord has an opportunity to heal us from what we've done. And we can change through that so that we don't repeat those mistakes going forward. So it's an opportunity for change. Sometimes those mistakes, they could be very huge and detrimental, but you'll find the forgiveness of God, the love of God through it, or the love and forgiveness from others through that mistake. Yeah, well, I think that the first thing, when you look in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we're all prone to make mistakes. And it says in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if Jesus does not condemn you, don't condemn yourself. Don't sit there and just mull over how you didn't do this or didn't do that. It's time to move forward and understand that there isn't condemnation when you actually come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. So though you might have messed up, go forward. Today is a new day and an opportunity to look forward, not go backwards. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Let's hear from Desi right here after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. Joining us is Desi Escamilla, and she's going to share with us how she felt like God hated her. She went through so much in her life, so many difficulties. And as a teenager, she accidentally shot and killed her boyfriend, which drove her to severe guilt and shame. She ended up in same-sex relationships, alcohol and drugs. When she tried to escape the pain, it didn't work. And on top of it, she started to yell at God, even though she didn't believe he was there. And he actually spoke back. Let's welcome to the show, Desi. Thanks for being with us. 
Thank you for having me, Kathleen. So Desi, I understand as a young girl, you unfortunately had to suffer from sexual abuse from a family member and also physical abuse from your father. Can you tell me about that? Yes. Well, it happened when I was around four years old and my dad had a drinking problem and he would come home and, you know, abuse my mom a lot and stuff. And we all experienced it, me and my siblings. And my mom would use me as a guard, as a shield. And she would take me to the restroom and just put me in front. I always remember my dad trying to throw chairs at her. And it was always me, you know, in front of her. And she would run around with me and her and big knives because he owned a restaurant. So he mm-hmm. had a lot of butcher knives in the house. And through that wow. process, my grandmother in Mexico had her son, which is my uncle, come and live in California, basically to protect us. And unfortunately, he began to abuse me at four years old and I was wetting my bed. I was scared and he would pick me up and take me to the room and he began to undress me and sexually abuse me. And I remember him doing horrific things to me. And at times I can almost still smell him, you know, and I didn't know what was going on. I was afraid I was only four years old. And then I started getting older. I began to hate males and I began to rebel. And I felt like Mm. I was, you know, I remember 11, 12 feeling like I was gay, that I was attracted to females. Mm. And I began to hang around with the wrong crowd, became like a gothic skinhead, whatever you want to call it, and hanging around Mm. with gay people and starting to experience women and stuff. And the abuse never stopped for a long time. I was always getting laughed at. I was just bullied for so long. And then fast forwarding, you know, there comes a time where I met my boyfriend. I met my boyfriend and he was just a friend. And I told him, I'm gay. I'm gay. I'm, you know, just let's just be friends. And I don't know what happened. I just began to like him a lot. And I'm like, okay, I was confused. By then I was 14, 15. I was confused and I was like, okay, maybe I'm not gay. I fell in love with him. He was like my security, my everything. I told him about all the abuse. He said, I'm going to take you away from your family. And then I ended up having, of course, sex with him. And I got pregnant. We were both, you know, that puppy love relationship. You think that this is it forever. And I got pregnant. Mm. You know, and then after that, we just were together for like maybe a couple years and a half. And here one day, I just end up taking the bus to his house to surprise him. And he had a shotgun there on his bed. And, you know, I was wondering what it was doing there. And he had just shared with me about a situation his mom and dad were fighting the day before. And I didn't know that the shotgun was loaded. I didn't know. And the thing, Kathleen, that I didn't share this for a long time, for years, but as I was pulling the shotgun off of the bed, I said, hey, get up, let's go. You know, we were kids. We were 17. I was 16. I didn't want us to get caught ditching. And I remember I pulled the shotgun and I was playing with it, swinging it. And I was little. I was about 80 pounds, you know, and I remember picking it up and telling him, get up or I'm going to shoot you. But it was a joke. Mm. And I never shared that till a few years back. I was afraid to tell people that I said those words, that they would think that I really did kill him intentionally. Mm-hmm. But it was a joke, you know, and mm. I picked it up and I just said, get up, Miguel. You know, I'm going to shoot you as a joke. And I guess the shotgun was loaded and it was already cocked. And as I talk about it now, I feel like I'm still there. I can take myself there. Mm. And it just it went off and it went off in his head. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It went off in that his head. That is so hard and horrible. And I can't imagine as a 16-year-old, I mean, you were in love and you're pregnant with this guy and... Just tell me a little bit about what went through your mind in that moment. The thing is that I remember screaming at him. And the thing is that his friend was in the next room playing music. And the music was so loud that he didn't hear it. 
So I remember just screaming and everything was a blur and I ran to the hallway and I said, Javi, I shot Miguel and he was 14 and I was 16. So he's a little boy. I mean, he's running and he's like, his face looked white, like white. And I remember running out and there was these two men drilling the ground. It was like a hill. And I remember screaming at them and they were looking at me like, oh, something's wrong. I run to the neighbors and I'm like banging the doors, telling them, please help me. He's going to die. He's going to die. You know, I run back in and somebody runs in there, pushes me out of the way, the doorway. And when he came out, he looked scared. And when I seen him, I knew something was wrong, you know, Mm. and everything happened so fast. So you're not really understanding that this person is dying. I mean, you kind of are, but you're not, you know, you're 16, you're 16. I'm not even thinking about my pregnancy. I'm thinking about nothing. I'm just thinking about him. And I remember waiting, okay, the ambulance is going to come and I'm going to go to the hospital and I'm going to be with him every day and I'll take care of him. And when they showed up the ambulance without the siren, I remember I ran to the door and I almost pulled the driver out of the van. And I said, why wasn't your siren on? And they said, we can't do nothing for him. I was going crazy, Kathleen. I felt like I was in a dream. Mm. I felt like I was in like a slow motion thing. And all of a sudden I'm seeing the mom coming down and she's screaming and screaming and crying for her son. And I see his brother and sister on the porch and they're screaming. Everybody's looking at me and I, I was a kid. I was a kid, you know, and I seen mm. the ambulance, you know, they bring him out in a stretcher and everything's so fast. Mm. Everything is so fast, you know, right. and from there, I knew he was gone. I knew he was gone when they pulled him out already in a bag. I knew this is it because I had oh. seen movies and all that. And, you know, everything is so real for me still wow. when I talk about it, that I can smell the area. I can wow. smell the room. I can smell everything still. Wow. And, you know, you lived with such guilt and I can only imagine how anyone would in your situation and how you felt this heaviness and you continued to feel guilt and shame and your life just started going downhill. You ended up in drugs and tried to kill yourself several times. And we're going to pray for people right now because there are people listening who have done things in their life where they're like, I can't believe I did what I did. It's the unpardonable sin. God must hate me for what I've done. And we're going to pray for those who need it right now. We're going to pray for those who are just hurting or have made mistakes and need forgiveness. Thank you so much, Desi, for being with us. And we'll have you on our next show. You're welcome for having me. Thank you. Gosh, I could not imagine the amount of guilt that she was facing during, gosh, just a Mm 16-year-old. But so many of us who are listening might say, you know, I haven't done something to that degree, but there's something that eats me from the inside out. When I look back, I look back at my past and I say, gosh, why did I do that? Why did I make that move? Why did I mess up? Mm -hmm. And these thoughts can plague us where we're no longer able to see what's in front of us. And we're just in this constant shock of what we've done in the past. And I sense that there's someone right now who's there. There's something that you've done that you always beat yourself over your own head with these thoughts. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps you from moving forward. Lord Jesus, we just know that you're here. I just pray for the person who is plagued with their past. Mm -hmm. I just pray that you would help them right now. Help us, Lord God, to really open to you, to begin that dialogue to go over those thoughts with you and not just be mulling over those thoughts by ourselves, but to really open up to a relationship with you so we can really get over those things Mm -hmm. because we can't get over them ourselves. Lord Jesus, for the person out there who's saying, I've never received you, 
Jesus, we receive you right now. Mm-hmm. We believe in you, but we need help. We can't get over this hill ourselves. Yeah. It may be immediate. It may not be immediate, mm-hmm. but we need you, Jesus, mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. Amen. God loves you if you've done wrong, whether it's small or big. He has the power to forgive you. Just call out to Jesus. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.